Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the book of Matthew with this sermon entitled, You Are the Salt of the Earth, You Are the Light of the World, preached May the 4th, 1997. Let me read to you from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, beginning with verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. In the first 12 verses of Matthew chapter 5, we learn of the beatitude, the character that Christians must have. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness and so on. But from verse 13 on, we are told how we must function in the world. The witness of the Church of Jesus Christ. In the latter part of the 19th century, there was great optimism among the civilized of the world, fueled by evolutionary ideas. It was their optimism that soon wars will be abolished, diseases wiped out, suffering eliminated, and discrimination wiped out, there would be one loving global society, enlightened by increasing knowledge. Yet, 20th century became the bloodiest of all centuries. Man did not improve in his nature and behavior in spite of the enormous increase in knowledge in almost every sphere of knowledge. When Jesus said on the mountain to a bunch of insignificant and unlearned men of Galilee, when he said to them, you are the salt of the earth, he was saying that the world was rotten and rotting like rotting meat. The world is wicked, sinful. The world is against God. They glory in their shame. They are coming out proudly declaring their lesbianism, homosexuality, and other deviant lifestyle. Evil has become good, and good has become evil. Since the fall of man, this has been the situation. Heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, the Bible says. 
The Bible says, for out of the human heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, and so on. The Bible says, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. God, the Bible says, gave them over in judgment, in the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, to the degrading of their bodies with one another. The Bible says, God gave them over to shameful lusts. The Bible says, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. So turn with me to Romans chapter 1. And let me read to you from verse 29. To show the assessment of Jesus Christ. That the world is rotten and rotting. And therefore you must function as the salt of the earth is still true. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they knew God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. So to this few uneducated, poor, humble Galileans, Jesus says, who makes estate of Halos, you and you alone are the salt of this rotting and rotten world. Salt of the earth you are. The world of men is rotting. You are the salt. You alone are different from the world. You were dead also, but you have been made alive by your relationship with me. From your depravity and spiritual death, you have been delivered by the power of God. For the Bible says, like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You and you alone are the salt of the earth. You have been given new birth. You have been given new nature, the divine nature. By union with me. So you and you alone are the salt of the earth. So you must live for the benefit of a rotting and rotten world. Jesus is saying also you must avoid two errors. And it is true. We all must avoid two errors. First, we must not forsake the world. 
and go into a monastery. The salt will do no good to the meat unless it is rubbed into it to function as an antiseptic. You are to be in the world that the world may benefit by your distinctiveness, your difference. You must also avoid the error of being one with the world, embracing its values and its ways. And I see a lot of evangelicals now discovering all of a sudden materialism. Oh, a lot of preachers are preaching they don't want to go into a heaven paved with gold. We want some gold now. We want some goodies now. We want some symbols of luxury now. What are they doing? They are denying their distinctiveness. Assault of the earth. I just came from China and I talked with professors of universities. And, and they are all atheists. And they are all interested in the American value. They all want to be materialistic. They are working so hard to be exactly like the Americans. And so also the church, it is committing this error to be like the world in its value, in its fashion. No, that's an error. The ways of the world are evil. You must be different. As salt is different from the dead meat. You must be different from the rotting world. You must be in the world but not of the world. That the world may be helped by you. You must be different and you must glory in your difference. When Jesus said you alone are the salt of the earth. This is high compliment. This is great encouragement from the lips of the sovereign of the universe. This gives to every Christian great dignity and self-esteem. I feel sorry for you if you are trying to be like the world. In speech and in dress and in value and in fashion. And by such conformity to the pattern of this world, you are declaring that you are darkness and you are rotting and you are not a Christian. Jesus did not say you are the sugar of the world. He said you are the salt. And as salt, first, it functions as a preservative. Salt is a preservative. It functions as an antiseptic. It does a negative function of keeping the meat from becoming more rotten and more corrupt. It keeps the meat from further spoilage. In the tropical country where there was no refrigeration, people rubbed salt into the meat to keep it from going bad. So when Christians come in close contact with the sinful people of the world, the world is kept from unspeakable foulness. Christians benefit secular society. 
without the presence of Christians in the world, the world would degenerate at a faster rate. Christians keep corruption of society at bay. They are moral antiseptic. They oppose moral decay by their lives and by their words. However, I said, being salt, they irritate the wound at first. I said, Christians are not sugar, they are salt. But welcome the irritation. World, welcome the irritation Christians bring about. Welcome that uncomfortableness the salt initially creates. Secondly, salt gives flavor. Salt is necessary for flavor. Without Christians and the gospel they proclaim and practice, this world would be more insipid. There is no flavor in this world. There is no joy in this world. It is the company of Christians that give flavor to this world. Examine the worldly parties and good times. They are boring and tasteless and insipid. Ask Christians, we have a function of providing flavor and taste in this world. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. The world is without hope and it is the Christian by his proclamation and practice point the world to hope in Jesus Christ. And not only that, the color is white, therefore salt symbolizes purity. This speaks about purity. Christians are to be in the world and yet live a pure life. A different life. And I said Christians should glory in their difference. They are citizens of heaven living in this rotting world for its benefit. So they must constantly resist the temptation of being like the world. They must be like the Lord Jesus Christ. They must oppose rotting and foul values of the world and proclaim and practice biblical lifestyle. Friendship or conformity with the world is enmity with God. Paul says in Romans 12, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. James says we must keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. Peter says. They think it's strange. That you do not plunge with them. Into the same flood of dissipation. Salt is pure. Even so. Then you are the salt of the earth. You must be holy and pure. Different from the world. Salt also was used as a fertilizer. Even so Christians must function. In a way to promote growth of that which is good in the world. They oppose that which is evil and promote that which is good. In God's common grace there is much good in his world. And Christians support and promote that which is useful to mankind. 
Therefore, they must engage in political life to promote policies that are helpful to families and so on. Let me tell you, historically, Christians championed causes that promoted the good of humanity. They suppress evil and cause good to grow and flourish. And not only that, salt causes you to become thirsty. Even so, Christians should bring about thirst for Jesus Christ and his gospel. As a result of our being in the midst of the world. And as the world watches us and observes us. And as we live daily for his glory alone. The world will desire to know about Jesus Christ. Not all people of the world. But God's elect. God will generate within them a thirst for the living God through us. And they will come to us and ask. Why this difference? Why you are different? Why you are full of hope? Why you are full of peace? Why you are full of joy even in the midst of troubles? Why is it? And you tell them about Jesus Christ. Are you functioning as salt in your society producing such thirst in human hearts for Jesus Christ? And we read in John 7, 37 and 38, Jesus says on the last day of the festival, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And it is the business of the church to produce in the hearts of unbelievers thirst for Jesus Christ. However, if the soul loses its saltiness, let me tell you, it becomes useless and it becomes worthless. We lose our saltiness when we desire to be like the world. Worldliness destroys saltiness. When we conform to the pattern of the world, when we follow the fashion of the world, when we embrace the rotting values of the world, when we become materialistic, sensual, and pleasure-seeking, we lose our saltiness. We become like the world, rotting and rotten and foul. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. We are to be in the world, but be focused on Jesus Christ and his teachings. We are to be different. If not, we become fools. We become useless to God, to the family, to the society, yea, to the world. And the day will come. Such saltless professors of Christ will be cast out by the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8. Let me read to you from verse 11. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Or read Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10 where St. Paul with great grief speaks about his fellow worker Demas. We are told Demas has abandoned me. 
having loved this present world. Yes, one day the Lord Jesus Christ will speak to such people. And that day is coming. Depart from me, I never knew you. One day he will speak to them. Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. You and you alone are the salt of the earth. To benefit the earth. But not only that. Jesus said. Humeis estate of force to cosmo. You and you alone are the light of the world. The 16th century was characterized by the rediscovery of the Greek writings. They call that period renaissance. The rebirth. And the 18th century was called what? Enlightenment. People gloried that they were now able to jettison revelation, God and his authority. Reason of man, the fallen reason of man was enthroned. It was the period of rationalism. And they called it what? Enlightenment. No, no, no. That wasn't enlightenment. It was the darker age. But here Jesus Christ on this mountain speaking to a bunch of poor, humble, stinking fishermen and tells them, you and you alone are the light of the world. What a great compliment. And it is true of you. You and you alone are the light of the world. If you are a Christian, if you trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, you and you alone are the salt of the earth and you and you alone are the light of the world. What dignity bestowed upon Christians. Not Aristotle. Not Socrates. Not Plato. Not emperors. Not politicians. Philosophers. Plutocrats. Technocrats. Not the artists and scientists. No. The humble Galileans. Who trusted in Jesus Christ. And confessed that he is the Christ. The son of the living God. Humble and poor Christians. They are the light of the world. But what about all the books written by all the wise people of the world? Let me tell you what it is. It's darkness. The authors of them are darkness. And the world is darkness. That is the implication of the statement that you and you alone are the light of the world. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 19 we read the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. Oh, they may couch it all in such high philosophical terminologies, but it is deep darkness. Paul says in Ephesians 5, 8 and 9, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. These humble, poor, despised Galileans were darkness, but they saw a great light, Jesus. They were made able to be light in the Lord. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see, they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 
for God who said let the let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ yes for you were once darkness but now you are light in the lord live us children of light god is light the bible says and jesus said ego emitophos to cosmo i am the light of the world now he says you are the light of the world the world of professors and politicians and scientists and set technocrats and plutocrats and movie stars and religious gurus the world is deep darkness and in this world of deep darkness god has planted his church as its light now you understand the foolishness of wanting to become like the world it is absolute foolishness they lie so we lie so we are not to go out of the world into a monastery i said nor are we to become like the world by following its fashions its darkness we must be in the world and function as its light as we proclaim and practice the gospel of Jesus Christ we must realize that though the world is sinful and dark god still loves the sinful world and god sent his one and only son to redeem it turn with me to st john and the third chapter where jesus makes this statement this is the verdict light has come into the world and men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God yes god loves the world and he sent his son as its light he has purpose to save a people from their sins and he will save them and he saves them through the church as she proclaims the gospel and demonstrate in every aspect of life in the world whether in the workplace in the marketplace in the political sphere in the family in the school as we demonstrate the light of christianity god will save some out of darkness as he did to us yes we are placed in the world for its benefit and we benefit the world only when we live as light but if you fornicate when they fornicate what is the difference when they lie and you lie what is the difference when they do a sloppy job and you do a sloppy job what is the difference when they complain and murmur against the boss and you complain and murmur against the boss what is the difference when you don't love your wife and they don't love your wife what's the difference when you divorce and when they divorce what's the difference when you are lazy when they are lazy what's the difference the world cannot benefit when we are like the world the light of jesus is reflected by christians to the world 
This light is the light of salvation. It is the light of eternal life. It is the light of the knowledge of God. It is the light of the joy of salvation. It is the light of hope. It is the light that shines in darkness. It is the light that opens the eyes of the blind. And causes them to see the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ commissioned Paul saying. I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes. And turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God and Saint Peter tells us in first Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light our salt is known for its saltiness Light is known for its shining. The shining is not optional. Shining is our business, our only business in the world. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And let me read to you what St. Paul says about his life. Beginning with verse 14 of chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. And through us, notice, and through us, through the church, through the Christians, through the apostles, through us, not through the angels, through us, the salt of the earth, light of the world, through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him fragrance of the knowledge of him for we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing to the one we are the smell of death and that is true they will not come to the light because their deeds are evil but some will come to the light through us to the one we are smell of death to the other the fragrance of life and who is equal to such a task through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him and what is eternal life that they may know thee the only true and living God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent through us the gospel Knowledge spreads like fragrance in the world. To some it's death, but praise be to God. To others, the elect, the chosen of God, it's life. What a high function that God has granted to us. Light we are. And as light, we expose this reality. The way of the wicked is deep darkness and they are stumbling and they don't know why they are stumbling. They have no understanding of reality. They are confused. Ephesians 5 verse 13 says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. Jesus as the light of this world exposed the rottenness of this world. The Bible as the light exposes the sinfulness of this world. Bible says thy word is lamp to my feet and light to my path but people value and holds dear the light of the gospel exposes as evil 
It is Jesus who declares that the world is in darkness. It is Jesus who declares man is not basically good but basically evil. That's reality. The evil of the world is exposed by the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know and I know the people did not like this exposure by Jesus Christ. So they decided to get rid of the light by crucifying Jesus Christ. And yet they failed to extinguish the light. There is a church birthed by Jesus Christ. And this true church is the light of the world. Jesus loves the world that crucified him. And he will save his people through the light of the church. But he convicts the world of sin first. He demands that sinners repent. Let me tell you the light exposes not only evil. But it exposes God and his Christ the savior of the world. Not only that this light enlightens. This light not only exposes the reality of evil. But it also enlightens. It opens the blind eyes. He who said, let light shine out of darkness in his new creative work speaks. Let there be light into the depths of our hearts. And there is light. Eyes are opened. And suddenly the blind sees. He sees the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And not only that, this light shows the way out, exit. This light shows the enlightened one the way of exit. There is a way out of darkness and death and hell and hopelessness. And what is that way? Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, very God and very man, he who knew no sin became sin for us. He who took our sin and our guilt upon himself and in our behalf died on the cross. Was buried but on the third day was raised according to the scriptures. Repent and believe on this Lord Jesus Christ. The one who took your sin upon himself. The one who paid the penalty in our behalf. The one who offers freely perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ to you. That's the way out. The Philippian jailer in panic cried out, what must I do to be saved? And St. Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Friend, it is the gospel that exposes reality to you. It is the gospel that enlightens your eyes. And it is the gospel who shows you the way out. And I tell you, Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ this minute and you shall be saved. So many are brought out of darkness into God's marvelous light of hope and life and salvation and truth. They are brought out from darkness. From darkness to fellowship with God who dwells in unapproachable light. And he has provided a way out. A new and living way in the person of Jesus Christ. And he declared, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And not only that, this light explains 
reality to us. In this light of the gospel, people understand reality. When philosophy fails, psychology fails, sociology fails, government fails, religions fail, science fails. <laughs> the gospel explains all realities. Now we understand who God is, who man is, what the world is, what the future is, what heaven is, what hell is. Finally, there is meaning. It tells us how to live and how not to live. It tells us what is right and what is wrong. It tells us how to make the right decision. It tells us when to go, when to stop. It functions as the green light, as the yellow light, as the red light of warning. Jesus says we are that light in this world. And we are to proclaim and practice the gospel. Didn't Jesus say at the end of Matthew, go into all the world. All the world must be brought to this light. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Through us the world must receive the light of the gospel. Light of truth, light of life, light of salvation, light of purpose, light of meaning, light of hope, light of joy. The world cannot get it in any other way. You and you alone are the light of the world. Through us they must come to know Jesus Christ. And so we are told in Matthew 5 and verse 16 in the same way, let your light shine before men. That's a command. That's an imperative. It's an aorist imperative. The command from the sovereign Lord of the universe. Let your light therefore shine before men. Means unbelievers. How? By living a gospel life, a separated life, a holy life, a biblical life. By refusing to be worldly. By living a spirit-filled life. Remember the foolish virgins. <laughs> They did not shine in the deep darkness of the midnight. They had lamps but no oil. But we must be filled with the oil of the Spirit of God. Shine! Let your light shine before men. You are planted in the world for the benefit of men who are sinners. And they will be helped only when we shine. Make sure. To trim our wicks daily through the practice of beatitude. You see, that's why we have beatitude ahead of us. Poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's a continuing poverty, continuing mourning. We must look to the light daily. Even Jesus. That we may daily reflect his light. For we are not light in ourselves. We are light in the Lord. Psalm 34 verse 5 says. Those who look to him are radiant. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And verse 18. 
And there we are given the key for shining. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. You see, only when we look to the Lord are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. And as we reflect and as we look to him, we are being transformed into the likeness of his glory. From glory to glory, he's changing us. Or look at Philippians chapter 2. St. Paul exhorts the Philippians in chapter 2. And let me read from verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may. Become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a crooked and depraved generation as darkness, in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. It is the word of life, it is the gospel that is the light. And we live it and we proclaim it and be changed by it and transformed by it will shine as stars in the universe by living a spirit-filled life be shine now what you think the purpose of this life living as salt and living as light in the world there's a purpose first that men may see your good works Unbelievers in your workplace, in your school, in your neighborhoods, unbelievers may see, may behold your good works. Paul says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God foreordained that we should do them. So you notice, shining consists of doing good works. Enabled by God. Doing righteousness. Doing the exact opposite of what the world does. That's shining. Purpose number one then. Is that the people. The unbelieving world. May see something that is different. And number two purpose. And the final purpose is what? That they may glorify you. (laughs) You see the Pharisees, you read Matthew chapter 6 verse 1 and 5 and verse 16. They did everything before men so that they could be glorified by men. But here the purpose is that they may glorify your father who is in heaven. Not glorify us but God. When we live for the glory of God we will always be zealous. That he alone receives glory. When people compliment us, we say no to God be the glory. I'm just nothing. God enabled me to do this thing. To him be the glory. And they will join and glorify God. Though they may not repent. And yet the truth is, 
Many of them will be saved and they will truly praise God our Heavenly Father. And let me tell you that's the purpose of being salt of the earth and light of the world. By application, let me ask you, are you light? Are you salt? Or are you dead meat? And are you darkness? If it is, cry out to Jesus Christ. He may save you. And he will transform you. Number two. If you are salt and light. Be different. And glory in your difference. Number three. Be in the world. And yet not of the world. Don't try to get out of the world. Light is for the dark world and salt is for dead meat number four be the best you can be with God's power in your work life, family life school life, political life and every life the best for Jesus Christ so that you can be winsome and attractive and the attention can be drawn to our heavenly father Number five, practice the beatitude every day. Poor in spirit. Number six, be filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. You cannot shine without the oil of the Spirit of the living God. Number seven, trim the wick on a daily basis. Self-examination. And if you do these things, you will not be thrown out. To be trampled by men. You'll be useful to God. And to the world. You are the salt of the earth. You and you alone. Are the light of the world. The hope of the world. Is you. Heavenly Father we pray that you help us. To be different. From the world. That the world. May benefit. By our difference. That the world may come. To glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we pray in his name. Amen.